All right, everybody, and welcome to PWZ. This is Rick Del Santo, and joining me tonight to discuss the Randy Macho Man Savage A&E biography is none other than the legendary J.J. Sins. How do you like that intro? I love that intro. <laughs> legendary? Wow, that's, that's, wow, thank you. That puts a big old <laughs> smile on my face. Thanks. That's it. Oh, it's been a while since we've done some work together. I'm very excited to be here tonight with you. Yeah, same here. It's been a long time since you and I have done something. Like, it's just us two. Maybe yeah. since the beginning? Yeah. I want to say about well over a year ago. It's definitely possible. Definitely yeah. possible. Damn, time flies. It really does. You realize that we've been doing this for a year and a half, just about? Wow. So yeah. it's been that long. Yeah. This is episode 120, by the way. So just for the record. So we, we've been pushing out episodes for the last year and a half. So I'm pretty excited. Yeah, same here. Anyways, the Randy Macho Man Savage A&E and WWE have been killing it with their documentaries. Every now and again, though, there are these little things in there that are not necessarily kind of, you know, great. Uh, I guess little uh, inaccuracies, but it's nothing to really destroy the film over. Uh, I thought that this was really well done, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, the only thing is that they, they focused a little too much on Lex Luger and spelled his name wrong a little bit towards the end. And then uh, there's a couple other things that they focused towards the end. That, uh, like um, the actor guy, the, the whatever, Sonar, Sonar, whatever his name is. I don't really see his purpose of being in this uh, this documentary, um, other than the fact that he is a, a super fan and a uh, some sort of an actor. I don't. I've never heard of him before. So um, and it didn't mention anything. Of, yeah, it didn't mention anything about him being friends. With yeah, Sam I, I was say, was, did he, what was his relationship to Macho Man? Did he have? Um, I don't think that they actually said it. So uh, I, I'm pretty sure that it was just. He was just another body for the documentary. I thought there was a lot of real, like other people they could have interviewed uh, for this that, you know, were good storylines. I mean, Ted DiBiase, for one, he had a pretty decent uh, storyline with DiBiase. Yeah, I agree. Um, what about uh, Brian Nobbs? I think Brian Nobbs had some, some sort of relationship with Macho Man, considering he Did he have a relationship? I don't know. You would think. Considering I know him and Hogan. Hogan and him were buddies, like best buddies. Yeah. Uh, they, and yeah. they were always uh, Nobbs was always on that reality show, Hogan's reality show. Yeah, exactly. So don't don't you think he would have been there to witness some of the shit? Like they were saying, Liz was Liz and uh, what's her name, Linda Hogan were best friends. Apparently, they're all yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, don't you think Brian Nobbs would have saw that? And or uh, Brutus Beefcake? I'm surprised Beefcake. Yeah, I'm surprised Beefcake wasn't a part of this. He seems like he's a, a guy that's kind of itching for some attention to to, <laughs> to get out there and film some uh, documentaries or something, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know who that actor comedian guy was. I could have done without him throughout this. I could have done but, without P Peter Rosenberg as well. That guy, I really didn't. Uh, I didn't find a purpose for him, and I, I don't particularly care for him either. Uh, I just find that guy, yeah. I got you. So I like uh, that the uh, the I thought that the beginning was really good, focusing on the uh, how the Papos, how his father started the territory, and was it Lexington or whichever, and how they were always challenging, uh, talking crap about Jerry Lawler and the Memphis promotion and trying to get their attention until they went out of business and they were like, oh, uh, sorry, it was you know, just <laughs> part of the storyline. Yeah, will you hire us? Can we work with you? <laughs> yeah. Do you I wonder how much of that's actually true. <laughs> well, I, it's, uh, a lot of the stuff I saw reminded me of the Dark Side of the Ring. However, they were focusing uh -huh. more of the positive stuff. Right. They weren't, you know, not, nothing too controversial. But do you remember seeing any of that uh, on television? Or was, on was that television? television? No. We didn't get that kind of TV up here at that time period, at least to my knowledge. I was really young. but um, And that was actually probably three or so years before I discovered professional wrestling, probably about three okay. years. Right. So, um, But I ended up seeing a lot of that stuff on VHS, videotapes, um, 
probably in the later 80s, early 90s. Uh, those are like a, I don't know if you ever had these out there. You're out west a little bit or out at the Midwest. If you had these stores called the Amazing Stores, they were kind of like a five and dime or like a dollar store type thing. No. And I found a bunch of VHS, wrestling VHS tapes there for a dollar each. And they all were like, you know, on the cover. It was like a painting of Savage. And then one would have Hogan. And I think one was like a Jerry Lawler. And me and my buddy bought all of them. And got home and watched and this is like really my exposure to like Memphis wrestling because all of it was like matches from like you know people that made it famous in WWF like in the studio matches for Memphis or like in the uh, Mid-South Coliseum because that was like my first exposure to Memphis wrestling it probably had to be later 80s and I, I do remember catching some CWA around that time period as well so that was probably that's gotta be cool, wow, that's cool. yeah it was really cool yeah, yeah, I I really enjoyed how they threw that in, like how uh, Papos were running it. They were an outlaw promotion. Yes, pretty much. Yep. Yeah, and that, that's cool. I love how they they mentioned that, and just like you said, they ran out of money and went to the what was it, the Lawler, and what was it Lawler? Who else was it? Just Lawler was, it was Lawler and Jerry Jarrett. Lawler and Jerry Jarrett were the promoters. You know, they they would uh, they were in the promotion. Um. Even back then, Savage had this crazy heel character, you know? It was yeah. just really out there. Out. Yeah. 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 He had that if factor. The, you can't teach that. And watching the old uh, videos that they were playing, you know, just the old you know, little moments they were playing on screen, it was like, wow. Even in the beginning, yeah. he had a look for him. Something, mm-hmm. you know, if I would have saw that as a kid, I would have been drawn to that. And look what happened. I don't like. Cool. I like some of the other talent that was chosen here. Jimmy Hart uh, contributed very well to this. Uh, and, you know, they focused really heavily on like uh, Elizabeth's later years as well, which I, I didn't really mind so much because I mean, this was supposed to ultimately be a Savage documentary, but they they continued to talk about the relationship even after it broke up for a number of years and. That's a really sad story because she was really like a beautiful woman. She was like one of the greatest talents that was involved in wrestling in that era. Yeah, yeah, such, such a beautiful, beautiful woman. Not hot, not sexy. Liz was beautiful, and mm-hmm. it's messed up when it's like, damn, she had a drug problem. Unfortunately, and, you, and, and, it, and you would never know it so really because she didn't. Did not have a drug problem. She doesn't exactly. look like she doesn't look like she would. She was popping uh, oxy's or popping uh, well, what was somas or doing coke. Right. <laughs> Maybe she looks like the type of woman that would just have a glass of wine. But no, right. there's a lot more to it. What do you remember the uh, the autopsy? Do you know what she died of exactly? No. Um, it was no D, but I don't. You know, I don't know what she had in her. I know. Um, Especially Luger talked about it there, and he was really uh, kind of candid about it in this documentary. Um, you know, he's very comfortable talk about talking about it, and um, it was just they were having a couple drinks and popped a couple pills, and next thing you know, she's asleep. You know, and uh, he tried to wake her up. Yeah, yeah, and then it's just uh, yeah. I mean, from personal experience, yeah, you get to have your pills, whatever. Your drugs, mm-hmm. your drink, and then it might take a nap. Some people don't yeah. wake up. It happens. I, I think it was so much she overdosed on. If I'm not I'm, that sounds I'm kind of familiar. Sure. I remember when that happened. WWE was playing played the nine one one call on their WWE Confidential show. If you if you remember that show, it was where they played they like uh, yeah they played like insider news, and I think that was the kind of. Uh, Bash Luger, who they still had been, you know, having a, they still had a sour relationship with. Yeah, know. considering uh, he showed up on Nitro. And <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, it seemed like they were out to embarrass him with the, with by playing that phone call, the 911 call on their show. I, 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 that must have been around the time I wasn't watching wrestling. How I heard the uh, 911 call it might have been later on, you mm-hmm. know, but and just hearing it, it's just like, 
Ah, uh, he's like, just send someone over that knows what they're doing. It's like, can't you just? I don't know. It's, like, yeah, try to do something. You know what I mean? It's like he, I think he was very afraid and didn't know what the hell he was doing. He was like freaking out because obviously, yeah. you know, they arrested him. They came in the house and they found a shit ton of drugs in the house. Yeah, with steroids. And uh, I just remember reading steroids, lots of steroids. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there was any coke. Was there ecstasy? That oh uh, no, that was Savage later on. Oh, they, were yeah, that was about, they, they were talking <laughs> yeah. about that, and that I thought was insane because you know that was like a huge like raver drug at the time period and, and stuff like that. And it's like I never knew that you know this is guy and well, he had to be what in his forties or something around that time period. You'd have to say probably like late late forties. I don't know Macho Man in what ninety nine two thousand two thousand one. I'm gonna I'm yeah. go with like what. 46, 47, and he's got so he's, hanging around with his, he's hanging around with his girl that's like in her 20s or whatever, and then he starts taking ecstasy? <laughs> yeah. I was just like, I was like, what? <laughs> and then he <laughs> showed them a matching red yeah. outfit. That was insane. Yeah. I, and what, what did Macho Man say? I think I have it in my notes. He said, Macho Man ain't no bitch. I believe it's in my notes that watching them on, yeah. A Macho Man oh, doing the, high the one from Nitro. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he said something like, Macho Man ain't no bitch, or whatever. It's just, wow. And, and he had the hat on. <laughs> I remember but that, that promo when it aired. And, you know, at that time period, I took it as it was, that was Vince Russo booking at the time. And, you know, ninety eight percent of it did not make sense as to what the hell was going on. I just thought he was coming, like cutting some crazy promo that had, uh, you know, that Russo had set for him yeah. or something. Like I had no idea that he was that messed up. That he was just it went out there acting all whacked. Turns out he was chipping on some fucking roll. He was rolling back then. He was rolling <laughs> on. He was rolling on X. That's funny. Yeah. I, I had no idea that. He I wouldn't have expected hard. that to be on. Yeah. I wouldn't expect that either, but hey, I mean, guess you want to have fun with your girlfriend that's a lot more younger than you. But whatever. What else? Mm. How do you feel about Bubba the Love Sponge? And I hate that guy. That, that's I, I, the, hate like, I mean, obviously, because of importance factor, Hogan's got to be on there. But... You know, one of the things, and I and I read somebody, uh, somebody commented on something about it, and it's like Hogan, you know, is always going to be telling tall tales when discussing the the business, and his, and especially when it involves him. And you you go in watching Hogan in a documentary, you don't know what to believe and how much is actually true. You know what I mean? And. That's exactly what I went in thinking, you know, it was like, I don't know what to expect watching him because it's always like, you know, he's been proven that he's lying so many times or that he's embellished the truth and and such like that. And that's kind of like how I felt about him. Bubba the Love Sponge, I mean, basically because Hogan and him would make fun of Savage on the radio. So I guess that's why he was like in there and uh, they played clips of it. And I was just like, this is so ridiculous. It's like, other than that, Bubba, the love sponge really doesn't have that much of an importance factor into this documentary. That's exactly how I felt. I, I, for that little small part for what, Oh, we were making fun of Hogan, of macho man, Hogan and I, and then now that, that makes, Macho Man put out a diss song, if, if not a whole diss album. What the diss hell track. was it? It was a diss track. Be a man, yeah. Hogan. I remember hearing that. Oh, I remember my first time. I remember we, we spoke about this earlier. It was on the, during the MySpace days. And, uh, oh, yes. I couldn't so believe Like I didn't know that this was real life. Like, hearing, like, like seriously, Macho Man's a rapper and has a album out and he's dissing Hogan I I couldn't believe it, it is this a, like serious I, I thought I was dreaming but unfortunately I wasn't dreaming and <laughs> Macho Man did put out a rap album hey, no, um, I didn't know he was that into rap I mean especially at that what was he he had to be 50 something years old or you know what I mean close to 60 <laughs> at least so I'm just like, is this like something that he just discovered? Uh, did he discover hanging around with his like uh, younger girlfriend and then be like, oh, this stuff's cool. 
Shippers will do that to you. Shippers. <laughs> They'll do that to you. They can be bad. <laughs> the funniest part is one of the, uh, there was something, if you remember Fuse TV, which, you know, uh, I didn't, hadn't even thought about until they showed like a clip in of it from the documentary, which was kind of like um, another music network, uh, like video network. They showed like a clip of another guy hanging around with him, like part of his crew, saying, "Oh, this is going to be the hottest rap album of you know for of all time," and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, they're really trying to sell this. It was really funny. Yeah, yeah, I remember seeing. Uh, yeah, God. but whatever. He probably sold. What he sell like five? Didn't they say he sold five thousand or? He sold no. They said they expected to sell fifty million, but they only sold about fifty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. So, I mean, which is still, you know, I mean, for any independent artist, I mean, I guess that's pretty decent, right? <laughs> so that's not bad. What is it? Hundred K is gold, right? Uh, is that what it is? I think if you sell a hundred thousand records, you get a gold. I think it's, mm, yeah, I'm not entirely. I don't. You know, it's been so long since I've looked into that kind of stuff, so I don't even remember to be honest. I think if you sell a million, it's platinum, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, that may, that sort of makes sense. does make sense. I don't know. That's the way I look at it. But all, all in all, it wasn't bad. It was a positive biography. Right. It, you know, you and I have both solved Dark Side of the Ring, I'm sure, uh, with the Macho Man. Um, yeah, that was... Uh, it, look at the title, Dark Side of the Ring. Focus on a lot of negative things. Yeah. went on very much. Life, but to find out that he passed away happy, he's in a good, he's in a good place in his life. Everybody around his brother and everybody had said that he seemed to be in a, he was happy. You know, he, he reignited with a high school sweetheart and right. Last what they said, ten about ten years of his life, he was really, really, really happy. Yeah, and that's awesome because they actually, like, he had entered a different portion of his life. Like, he had gone away from wrestling. And the other thing is that they mentioned that this guy never spent a nickel on the road. He would sleep in his car. You know what I mean? He, he didn't go out. He, he wasn't uh, eating out all the time. He wasn't partying. All, well, I don't know about partying, but, you know. Yeah. Well, he was definitely, he definitely was during the Gorgeous George era. But, I mean, you know, he just, like, never spent, uh, yeah. like, a shit ton of money. You know, wasted his money, really. What is that? Yeah. You live in lean, you're, uh, you're frugal, right? Isn't that yeah, the right frugal. word? That's a good term. Yeah. Smart? It's Because hey, in that business, you don't, there is no 401k, there is no retirement. You, know, you gotta right. kind of, you know, set up your own safety net, right? You're smart enough to do that. So kudos to Macho Man. It was that photo yeah. that they showed. When he let his beard all out and he was all gray. Hey, yeah, they let he stopped dyeing his hair, stopped dyeing his beard, and he looked just very comfortable. But he still looked like he was ripped too underneath all those that, that like you know those jackets and clothes and stuff. He still looked like he was he can kick your ass. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, because he's the macho man. I'm sure. I'm sure he That's right. Probably worked out. You know, I mean, isn't that a hobby for for, for wrestlers? Like, you know, that's like a hobby. They, they want to go in. Well, I mean, you look at some people that they, they, once they retire from the business, they don't, you know, they stop going to the gym. They stop working out. They don't got to keep up in uh, as good a shape. I mean, compare, uh, I, I know Lex has gone through some health issues, but compare Luger then to Luger now. Now I know he's confined to a wheelchair. I know he had a yeah. lot of issues and stuff like that but he looks like a completely different human being altogether yeah it's insane. you know what I mean? you wouldn't my be able father, to tell that it was well, my father couldn't believe that that was lex luger today that was like he, he doesn't follow you know the dirt cheap like you and i so when right. they, showed lex, they showed lex today that my, my father's reaction was like what the hell like and then i told him like yeah, yeah he's in a wheelchair and he couldn't believe it he looks so different. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. What you're uh, uh, bless him, though, man, because it's like one, he's one of those guys I feel bad for now. Like back then, you know. I hated it. Back then, yeah, I, 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 especially after like Elizabeth's death and stuff like that, I was just like, God damn, he's such a. And, and you know, I, I told you, I think my mother had an interaction with him 
work in a charity and she said that he was like very arrogant and stuff like that. But I think a lot of the negative issues that he had in his life humbled him. You know what I mean? Uh, he ended up going to church. Nikita Koloff ended up bringing him in, and he, I believe that he's born again and stuff like that. Mm. And and so now he just he's a completely different human being than he was back then. He he's a lot more humble and uh, nicer guy and stuff like that. He's 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 not such a jerk like he used to be back in the day. Sometimes it takes drastic things to yes, absolutely. He yep, absolutely. He was humbled. And uh, I, I I listen to obviously I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. And Me too. From Bischoff to yeah, <laughs> other than ours. <laughs> from Bishop to uh, uh, what is it? Bruce Pritchard from Bishop Bischoff to Pritchard. To uh, a lot of other wrestlers. Something to wrestle. Something to wrestle with. Something yeah. to wrestle with. They all say yep. Lex was a pain in the ass back then, but. Yes. And and Bischoff has put over Lex so much on his podcast he's stating how much of a different person that he is. So you know, see, like said, kind of- one of the things that they discussed in this episode was that they they didn't think it was a good idea that Lex and Elizabeth were dating and seeing each other. They're like, Lex, do you really want to go down this road? You know what I mean? Or Elizabeth, do you really want to go down this road? Because this is not going to be good for either of them. You know what I mean? So, which it ended up not being good for either of them. And yeah, but why were people saying that it wasn't good for each? Is it because? Oh well, Lex wasn't is he not a good person at that time period. Lex yeah. is not a good person. Um, that I. They didn't discuss that in the documentary. I don't know if he was married at the time, though. But uh, they discussed it on Dark Side of the Ring, and Linda Hogan stated that Lex Luger had Lex had um, Liz move into the apartment complex that, mm-hmm. uh, and in that apartment complex, Lex was living in there with his family. Oh. I don't know if you remember that. Like, I guess picture no, like I a don't. big condo area. I don't know, apartment complex condos. And Lex is over yonder with his family. I guess Liz is on the other side. So, right. I mean, that's, that's some pimp shit. But, um, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's some scumbag shit if you, when you look at it. But whatever, I look at it as being a pimp. But uh, right. maybe, yeah, maybe it wasn't. Like you said, yeah, it wasn't a good idea, idea for them to be together. Because she was married and had kids at the time. But whatever, you make your own decisions, man. I don't, you know... But yeah, obviously they both had some uh, drug issues, and they weren't. Uh, that that doesn't go well. You know, two people having drug issues. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's nothing good could end. Come up, right? So, don't do drugs. Well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, never mind. Be responsible. Be I'm responsible. kidding, folks. I'm kidding. I'm grown up now. So I'm about to crack another beer. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, <laughs> it's totally random. Uh, I want to share this with JJ. Actually, not that I'm sharing it, but I'm telling you about it. Yeah. I got this uh, really intense uh, was it 12-pack a couple weeks back. Did I tell you about this BrewDog sampler 12-pack that I got? Uh, you showed me in Shriek, I believe, had three different beers or four. Four different beers. So I still have some of it left over. Uh, you know, one was like this Elvis uh, beer, and then one was like this punk rock beer, and then I don't remember. The other one had like a Star Wars, like Dark Side, of the, or maybe it was a Pink Floyd. I don't remember. Type thing. I was that. No? I like a good dark beer. It tastes like coffee. Yeah, not for dark nothing. Beer. I'm going to tell you that I didn't expect to like any of them, but I read it, the labels, and I was just like, I'm just going to try this. Some of the ones that, like, I tried, the, one of them was, like, a grapefruit, grapefruit beer. And I didn't think I was going to like it because I hate grapefruit. But those went down so easy. They were ended up, you know, after the first initial few sips, they ended up going down and really uh, being really good. What I'm going to try like is now, bur- what's that? Like you don't like beer? I don't like beer. Uh, whatever. So. Um, so the company is BrewDog. And I believe they're out of uh, Ohio, but they do, like, uh... Was it German style beers? Uh, some of them. This one's called Hazy Jane, and it's supposed to be a New England style IPA. 
not necessarily an IPA fan. There are very few that I do like. One of them is uh, Steve Austin's beer, actually, the IPA. I tried that. That one I liked a lot. So I'm about to try this right here with everybody watching or listening. Let's crack it open. I love that stuff. Let's crack it open. It's pretty good. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Let me see the label, please. Hold it up. I don't know if you got this all the way out there in the Midwest. Maybe, though. None. I haven't seen it. I could probably, if I were to look for it, probably. Because there are a lot of uh, microbrews that come in from uh, Michigan. Like you said, Ohio. lot, lot from Indiana. So mm-hmm. you do get a lot of microbrews. So you're not a beer fan, you said? Unfortunately, not anymore. I used to be a big... I was drinking microbrews back like 15 years ago in 2005. And yeah, man, back in 05, 06, me and my friends were going to a place called Three Floyds out in Munster, Indiana, which is about about a half hour away from my okay. Chicago. But, uh, and don't get me wrong, I went through that whole phase where I was loving the microbrews, and then I stopped drinking, and, uh, I got old, and now I'm drinking wine. So typical yeah. old person. Typical yeah. Old person. <laughs> well, you remember I when go- I was drinking wine? You were like, you remind me of my wife. Remember <laughs> one of the you're shows- drinking. You're drinking pink wine for one thing. Yeah, that's it you was, know that's uh, what my wife drinks. Pink Moscato or whatever. Yeah. yeah. That's- Yes, yeah. that's exactly it. I almost said white Zinfandel, but then once you said the Moscato, I knew that was it. I remember for a while, I think when we first started this show, when we were drinking, I remember the first episode you and I did together, you were like, is it okay if I drink while we're doing this? And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm drunk half the time I do this. <laughs> so <laughs> that just turned into <laughs> lots of drunken Sunday night, lots of drunken Sunday nights when we were the the crew. Uh, meeting yeah. up every Sunday night, and I remember the uh, whiskey was uh, was one of the best things that that, that I would have. Now I, I'm off of the whiskey. I can't do that. I mean, it's starting. It's gonna. The weather's gonna get start starting to get warmer, so I might end up doing it like drinking that again. I remember those whiskey. I vaguely remember your whiskey nights, but oh, it was a good time. So. Vaguely, there must vaguely. be a reason why it's vaguely. Yeah, <laughs> but those are a good time. I remember yeah. free, free gaming for all of us, you know, to do. But yeah, you know, but hey, maybe you and me and Freak get to do something. And, uh, you know. Oh, we'll do it again soon, obviously. You know, we've been having a, a rough couple months getting uh, traction back mm-hmm. after, you know. Uh, but we're starting to kick ass again. So I'm doing this a lot more often, so I'm real happy about that. Did and you... I, you know, Every other week, I get three days off. So that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So, so more time to record. I'm I'm really yeah. trying to start picking it up again and, and and doing and and getting busier again. As you know, we had a couple months where we weren't so busy. So, and then after Mania, we took about two weeks off because so, I think it was overkill. So, um, here. did you, have you yeah. watch the um? Have you tried to watch that WWE on, uh, was it the, uh, the Treasures show? I keep forgetting the name. I, I watched clips on YouTube. Uh, I recorded the yesterday's episode. Okay. I will you watch, watch it. it. We'll make a point to watch it, but, uh, I want, how many episodes are they in on it? Is this the second episode? Three now. The first episode Three. is based around Mick Foley. The second is based around Undertaker and Kane. And now the third one, which was last night's episode, is based around Jerry Lawler, which I thought was phenomenal. Um, being a King fan and a Memphis wrestling fan, I thought that they focused on a lot of his WWE stuff. Um, I was real excited, though, because they did pull out some Memphis stuff uh, that they were looking for. Like they're finding looking for the original neck brace that uh, Andy Kaufman had after Jerry Lawler broke his neck. Come to find out, uh, Bill Apter had it, and Bill Apter made a cameo in the show, and oh, he ended up donating. Cool. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. Um, he he uh, ended up donating it to the uh, WWE archives. He didn't originally, you know, what the premise is. Uh, 
Hunter and Steph have a couple guys that go out and meet up with the wrestler, you know, with Lawler, and then they go try to find certain pieces to keep in the WWE artifacts. And somehow they figured out that Bill Apter might know. <laughs> come to find out, Bill Apter's like, well, come down to my basement. And he has his Apter's Alley where he does all his podcasts and YouTube videos from these guys. Got um, a lot. He just had it hanging right on his wall. He goes, that's what we're looking for. And, and then uh, Austin gave it to him? Apparently so, yeah. Wow. I think, I think that's what it was because Bill Laptor was down, was uh, shot a lot of that. He even followed him to, to Letterman when they were on the Letterman show and, and took all those pictures. Yeah, it, it was really enjoyable to see Bill Laptor. Now, one of the things is that I thought for someone of Bill Laptor's stature that he would have on display a lot more oddball type stuff hanging up and displayed and stuff, but it seemed like, you know, he had some action figures that were from like, you know, the modern era or like the nineties and he had like a sting mask and like other such things. He didn't have like really crazy artifacts hanging up. Maybe he doesn't want it on display. Maybe he's got some really cool stuff, you know, hidden. Yeah. I would just imagine. It's not the first time I've seen that room, like in a video or something like that. So it's like every video that I see, it's kind of like it, nothing really crazy, like sticks out. I would imagine Bill after having some amazing shit. Just like you said, just maybe based on who he is, is, right? In his history in the business, but the fact that he had Andy Kaufman's next race—that's—that's yeah, you know, and then the, he, he donated it. That's pretty cool of him to yeah. do that. You know, did they ever a, find the original uh, robe and uh, crown that Jerry Lawler debuted in, or where was it? Did Lawler they had, had it? the one. The one from when he debuted against Bret Hart in WWF where he attacked Bret Hart from King of the Ring. I remember they that. Had, they had that one, his first WWF one, uh, where he had the, the, the crown and the uh, they ended up getting that. The thing with this is, like, you know Lawler's like a huge collector himself. And, yeah. you know, he was actually on High Spots last week doing, like, a virtual. They went right to his house. So, uh... And we're taking stuff out of his room. And, you know, I think that he had set stuff aside. And they would just be like, hey. And then they were showing certain things off. And they had some really cool auctions and stuff like that. And it's just like, that guy does not throw anything away. He, you know, or, or sell any of his stuff. He's just, he's got so much on top of, like, yeah. But it's like yeah. all, like, he's got like, um, like a record room, apparently. And then he's got like a movie room. And then he's got... A room for all his wrestling stuff. Like that's it's not necessarily just his. It's like the history of Memphis wrestling in this room, basically. Uh, on top of all his stuff on in there, I would love just to go fucking tour that house. Like seriously. Yeah, him and, and uh, Jim Cornette house. I would love to. Yes, his attic. Yeah. I want to go through the attic. <laughs> yeah, you so. uh, I want to look at all those VHS. Did you ever catch those VHS videos in, in his attic? Yeah. yeah. Always, he's got that. He's got some weird stuff in his collection. He's got like he's got some old magazines. He's got telegrams from like title changes when one promoter would telegram another. Wow, Um, he's just got some like he has like wacky, wacky like you know early nineteen hundred stuff. It's just really awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I'll just say nineteen hundred stuff like stuff. Yeah, if not even before that, yeah. He's a true historian, Jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even doesn't doesn't he have record of each house show attendance, how much money they made? He kept the, he wrote thing, he has notebooks upon notebooks of stuff like that. Uh, like oh, we wrestled. It was me and yeah, so and so. We were you know we wrestled here and our pay this is what we got paid this is how many yeah yes yeah. i know what you're that's, talking about yeah he's got like notebooks of that stuff yeah man that's just that's the thing like it's cool interesting but it's just uh yeah that's Jim Cornett. Uh, i lost my phone charger anyways uh, <laughs> so anyways <laughs> Oh no, no so, not a bad bio. Who's next on this right. series? Next week is Booker T. 
Um, this could be a good episode. You know, I, I'm kind of like hit or miss on this. Not that it, I'm, I'm going to say I'm not going to watch it. I think I'm just like, what are they going to cover on Booker T? He, he did. Go to jail. Shit, like, you know. Dude. What's that? He did go to prison. Yeah, he was in prison for a while, and that's when he, uh, you know, his brother, you know, uh, you know, when he came out, he that's when he told his brother he was going to try wrestling. And yeah. I know they were in uh, Texas for a while. I remember them, and I actually remember them both in GWF and on Global on ESPN. And the, I don't know if you oh. ever, I don't know if you remember yeah. watching that um, at all. Yeah, I don't remember watching GWF as it happened, but I do right. remember. Uh, we'll say about maybe ten years ago. They were playing it was on ESPN Classic. Yeah, and I remember being yeah. like, "What the hell is this? I'm watching this and yeah. seeing, yeah, I'm seeing a young Booker T, young Stevie Ray. Oh, boy, I can't see Jerry, Jerry Lynn and uh, Lightning Kid, X Pac, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. They used to, they had a great yeah, series yeah. over the light heavyweight belt. Yep, um, and it was like anybody who was anybody went through there, you know. Yeah, I remember seeing a lot of. Uh, a lot, lot of wrestlers, and I'm thinking, like, what the hell is this? This is, we figured 10 years ago yeah. when I had access to the internet. And I, yeah, I was sort of uh, a smart at that time, or maybe that was the beginning of my smartness. But yeah, I remember watching that and digging it. It, it would come on real late at night, if, if I recall. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they used to show some random things on uh, the, the wrestling. They used to show, like, Classic Global, those show. Uh, once in a while, because I, I guess, I don't know if ESPN had the rights to certain AWA footage, but they would show some AWA stuff, because I don't know how much AWA footage WWE actually got, because I noticed that a few episodes here and there ended up getting yeah. available through other outlets, you know what I mean, that weren't on. Because you'd figure if somebody like uh, ESPN were um, showing them that you'd Sure, the McMahons would jump on that and try to sue them or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't get that either. But like you said, there's not that much AWA stuff on the network, and I remember we, right. we talked about that on the podcast and I yeah, briefly. And I remember asking you and Freak, and both of you had said the same thing that oh, uh, they don't want to show so much AWA because they don't want to show so many other. They don't want to show, like, oh, Mr. Perfect's he had right. uh, success here. They just kind of want to only show you a little bit of, you know, there's certain, there's certain things, like, they ended up showing, like, they showed, like, a whole bunch of years of, like, Mid-Atlantic and a whole bunch of years of uh, NWA slash WCW. NWA. Yeah, there was a, a bunch of NWA, but it was just like right when it was becoming WCW too, and then they showed all that stuff. Yeah, so it's just like if they owned, if they owned all this AWA stuff, and I mean there was a ton of world class as well. But if they owned all this AWA stuff, that in Mid South and uh, what's the other one? It was another Smoky Mountain. They only put yeah, up select episodes. They only put up select episodes. They didn't put like the entire. Entire catalog or blocks of years up and stuff like that. that. I would have enjoyed watching all that Smoky Mountain. Yeah, me too. Because I used, to, I got that TV show up here for a while when when it happened for like the last couple of years, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's cool. I don't remember any. I don't remember that getting any of that up there. Right. There was like this low powered, low powered UHF station that I got, and I, I, you know, I didn't have cable in my bedroom as a kid. Well, there was this one television station that was from a couple towns over that for some reason I got. Yeah. And um, it wasn't on a cable network, this television station. So, But there was literally wrestling five nights a week. But then they would rerun it all on Saturday and Sunday. And it was really, really weird. It was really awesome because I got to see things like USWA, Smoky Mountain, um Jeez, uh, GWF. I'm trying to think of like what companies were around because once in a while they would go back and like show other random things. There was like a bunch. The, the whatever NWA was current at that time, they showed uh, like NWA Texas. I think it was when the Crockets were trying to run out of Texas. So it was just like this awesome channel that I just got it five nights out of the it's week. On UHF, and, you said? Yeah, it was like a UHF station. 
that was yeah, you know I they remember, used to be the UHF yeah. station. Yeah, the, the TV with the two dials. Yep, yeah. the UHF, VHF. Yeah, and then I used uh, to have to fuck with fuck with my antenna to try to get it in properly. Uh, I was it was a black and white TV or was it color? No, nah, it was definitely color. No. <laughs> But I used to struggle sitting there trying to get it to come in perfect for years. <laughs> What's that? This antenna, dude, you really get some foil? Piece of foil mm-hmm. for antenna. That shit worked, man. I used to try to, because of the, my television and my bedroom was right next to my window, I used to put that antenna out the window and then the signal would come in better. <gasps> that's genius. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, I used to get some really up. great stuff, man. I discovered a lot of really great wrestling that way. NWA Wildside. That's how I discovered it. Like on that channel, like a couple years later. I didn't get that much. Well, then again, I was I'm, 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 a, little, I'm a little younger than you. So a few years. Right, I'm 37, so just a few years. Yeah. So all I got was I remember getting ECW late at night on Channel Six. Mm-hmm. And then we got the WCW Saturday night at six oh five. That's to get, all I am getting. When I was a when I shouldn't say a kid, I was probably a teenager, early twenties. ECW was on two o'clock in the morning Saturdays into Sunday on the <laughs> Madison Square Garden network. So I used to come home from work at midnight and then stay up until three o'clock in the morning to watch it. I used to watch. Two hours of Quantum Leap, and then that would come on. Two hours of Quantum Leap. I never watched Quantum Leap, but I do remember That was Quantum a good show. Yeah, I remember there was a really good episode with Terry Funk in it. There was an episode with Terry Funk on it? Yeah. Really? Yep. Scott Bakula plays a wrestler. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love Terry Funk. And Terry Funk was awesome in Roadhouse. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he played that bad over the top. Uh, and over the top with Sylvester Stallone. Stallone throws him through a glass window. He does. Yep. Oh, Scott Norton. Scott Norton's in that movie, too. Scott Norton is in Over the Top? Yep. It's one of the one of the arm wrestling guys. Does he cut a promo during the final battle, or no? That's a or good question. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I just remember him being in it. Say, remember, remember how how there was like some of the arm wrestlers were kind of promos, like letting you know who they were and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the interview segments. I yeah, I'm trying to remember if he's one of those guys. I don't remember seeing. And then again, if this was the '80s, Scott Norton would have looked a lot more different. He had, he had okay. hair. It was before him shaving his head. You know, he had like uh, hair, and he was uh, he was always like a he had that big barrel chest. Yeah, just you know, the whole time. Guy, that and that's I and that's who apparently Ric Flair hid behind during uh, the North Korea shows. That's why really? I can't wait oh, for that's that. Gonna uh, be an episode. That's gonna be an episode on Dark Side of the Ring, the North Korea I show. Really can't wait for that. That I one I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, the Collision in Korea, just because it hasn't been talked about. But I did come across a few podcasts where they did talk about it. And Bischoff stated that Ric Flair was constantly uh, close to Scott Steiner and uh, Scott Norton. Yeah. <laughs> well, Steiner was, I mean, that was before Steiner kind of went completely nuts. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. but he still maybe. I, I maybe it was Steiner and yeah. I think it was them too, if I'm not mistaken. Like, yeah, Flair I don't remember. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I think, didn't they get stuck there? I guess they weren't allowed to call, call out of the country. They weren't allowed to call, you know, yeah. or they were uh, bugging Scott, the phone calls. Scott Norton stated that uh, he was on the phone with his wife and saying, you don't understand how it is. You, 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 hmm. I can't. Basically, he started bashing uh, North Korea and saying, you mm-hmm. know, that stuff. I can't call you every any time I want. I can't. I only have access to a phone. Anyways, they wound up pulling Scott Norton out of the room and took him to the basement of a hotel, and they told him, right. "Do not, do not badmouth our country in any way." Right, because they were listening yeah. in to the conversation it, with his they, wife. Exactly, they were. Li- it's fucked up. Like, uh, I forgot what podcast it was. I heard him talk about it, but when I heard it, I couldn't believe it. Like seriously, 
And yeah, then, I remember hearing that. That might have been was that Chris Jericho's podcast? Maybe, maybe I don't know for certain if Norton was on there. Not for some reason that's ringing a bell. I could be completely off. It might have been Jericho's podcast, or it might have been um, uh, something with two guys. Uh, I'm trying. It might be. I heard, I heard an I heard a Norton interview probably like within the last year or two, and, and I remember him talking about that. I don't yeah, that one I've ne- I've never listened to the Dave Penzer. I've listened to that quite a few times. It might have been the David Penzer podcast or the mm-hmm. Two Man Power Trip podcast. It might have been might have been one of those two where I heard okay. Scott Stein talk about his stories. And then I heard Eric, Spis- Eric Bischoff's story. And that's where Eric Bischoff is talking about how Ric Flair would not let Scott Steiner and Scott Norton out of his sight. Because that's because they trusted those two the most. Yeah. Or, you know, they yeah. were the biggest. Yeah. Big puffest motherfuckers, you know, there. And Bischoff gave his account on an episode of 83 Weeks. And... Yeah, man. It's, I, I recommend everybody go listen to that episode. That was uh, very interesting. Speaking of Dark Side of the Ring, have you watched the Brian Pillman episode yet? The first part one, at least? Yes, I did. Have you? You did? Not yeah. yet. Um, I actually have it saved. I just have yet to find time to watch it. Today I woke up, and as soon as I sat down to work, I threw on the Savage Doc. And... Uh, and maybe I'll try to give the Pillman episode uh, a watch tomorrow. But if you don't mind, what do you uh, do? You mind um, giving your thoughts on the so far on part one of the Pillman Dark Side? Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it it is. Yeah, I don't want to spoil anything for you or anything. Yeah. But uh, I thought it was great. I didn't know that um, you know certain things happened when he Brian Pillman had a. Quite a few kids and a couple of different women. Um, yeah, I, I I didn't know he had I like you got like three baby mamas. <laughs> but, but unfortunately, one wound up uh, killing herself. Unfortunately, oh, yeah, it, it was some fucked up shit. Again, like I don't want to spoil it for you. Do you remember Melanie Pillman giving the interview on Raw the the day after Brian Pillman? Okay. Remember how yeah, she I remember looked, her. How she looked a good, beautiful yeah, yeah. model. Yeah, just wait till you see dark side of the ring. It gets dark. Oh, oh boy, it, it got gets dark. dark. Oh my god. <laughs> do they focus on? Uh, do they show any footage? I'm just gonna ask you a few questions. You don't gotta spoil anything, really. But do they show any of his footage from like Stampede, starting out in Stampede. Yes, they do. I they mm. yes they they showed um. They working with the hearts and stuff. That he yeah. uh, trained with the hearts. I, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say they showed footage of him in the ring with the with Stampede. I'm almost positive. I was watching it, but I was also multitasking it. For the most right. part, I was watching it on my tablet. Um, but they did mention him, uh, Brian Pillman, his uh, football career, him going to play Can- Canadian football, and then uh, his segue into... Stampede wrestling, training with the art. So, All right, okay. Cool. I, I dug that, and they, uh, you know, obviously they showed some of the WCW stuff. You know, and right. you know, I told you a long, long time ago that that was all I would watch on the network was old WCW. Right. You know, and it's awesome. Well, I wouldn't say it, it's great because every opening match, every pay per view, and like. 1992, 93. It was Brian like Brian Pillman. Pillman. Yeah. It was Brian Pillman and Brian Pillman and uh, or Mark, not Mark Merrill. What's his name? Johnny B. Bat. They were. It was them two that yeah. were always. But it was either I'll, yeah, like that guy, or or it would always be like smaller guys. They came up Brad Armstrong doing the opening match. So you were going to get like a like a just a really great opening match, for like you know, on WCW. That's the one thing they did right at that time period. You know. They did a lot of like crazy stuff, but that that was always like the yeah. They really blew it with the uh, Hollywood blondes. I love how they brought up 
Hollywood Blonde, and yeah, Stone Cold obviously was on there, you know, talking. Mm-hmm. It, it, That's it was, good. It, it was very interesting. Um, uh, I can't wait for part two when it, it debuts this Thursday, right? It's this Thursday. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember when uh, you know it, it comes on. I'm gonna have to uh, keep Thursday. an eye out. Uh, I believe it's seven. I don't have Vice TV. I don't know. I have to check. But I really? know that uh, I Jeez. I have I barely watch cable. Like, I know we have some type of cable here, but I don't. <laughs> I, I usually have my tablet and I'm on Hulu or. You to be honest with you, the fun the funny thing is that you said that, and I think I've said this on the show before that there's cable in the house. I think the only two people that watch it are really. Actually, no. The only person that watches it is my wife. <laughs> I usually have, um, I think, my dad once in a while because he stays with us. Um, but for the most part, he's watching things on YouTube. I'm watching things on YouTube or, you know, some sort of a streaming service, whether it be you know High Spots Network. And actually, that's the only one I actually belong to now. After you know WWE Network went away. Um, yeah, dude. It's like YouTube is like most most of the stuff that I watch you now. Between I just like sit there and watch like a fucking hours of music videos or a concert or something and then get in my wrestling that whoever's uploading, mostly old AWA or W uh NWA or whatever. That's why I watch we're on YouTube now. Yeah. Yeah. YouTube's YouTube's got everything. And I watch us, of course. I watch us on there every day. Twelve noon. <laughs> plug, plug yeah. to make sure you watch us every day. Well, you know, some yeah. sort of upload by at twelve noon every day. I don't know if it's going to actually be an episode, but I'm trying to reach a goal here of doing something at least something short every day at noon. <laughs> <laughs> I knew, I yes, knew. sir. I, I, knew. I, I, that's, right. I that's something yeah. I haven't heard in a long time. I knew. Yeah, I've been watching Western. On what is that? Tubi. Yeah, again, I, there's no way. There's no. Tubi way is a great. Tubi is a great service. Tubi's great. Pluto's great. Again, Pluto's I have Hulu. Great. Yep. Okay, I Pluto. have Hulu, but I I have Hulu, but I never watch it. On Tubi, I have it, and I'll find some like weird, obscure movie to watch every now and again. The cult movies or B films, whatever you want to call them, on Tubi, they have an amazing cult film section. Uh, they have, and it, there's like hundreds and hundreds. I mean, like, there's just so many obscure movies on there. It's awesome. Pluto, yeah. I watch like one of three channels. All right. Usually get stuck watching Family Ties all day, or the Happy Days channel, or the Three's Company channel. Call Wait, me in there. There's a Happy Days channel? There's a Happy Days channel. And oh, all shit, shit, I know is, what I'm falling asleep to tonight. Uh, <laughs> well, the best part is, you're ready. It doesn't show just Happy Days, it shows Happy Days. Mork and Mindy and Laverne and Shirley. All three shows oh, are yeah. related. All yes, three shows are. are related. So that's like that right there. Those three shows. That was like my childhood and The Incredible Hulk. That was like my entire childhood. All right, right on. I dig it. I've, I grew up loving and watching Happy Days. Uh, and that's my favorite show also, of all time. Is it your favorite show of all time? Happy oh Days? yeah, ever. Ever like Happy Days, my favorite show ever. So every fucking Happy Days reference I say, you'll you'll get. That's awesome. All right, I can't wait to do that. Um, and on Pluto, there's um Adams Family as well. Yeah, there's an Adams Family channel. Yeah. They show they just only show the Adams Family, or is that like Adams Family Monsters or no? Um, from what I I have yet to see Family, but I wouldn't okay. mind have them having the monsters. I loved it. Like, those two shows, growing up in the 80s, I used to watch them back-to-back, like, in reruns as a little kid, all the time. Uh, yeah. They would uh, it'd be on Sunday. It would be, like, a two-hour block of Brady Bunch, and then a two-hour block of The Munsters. Not that's yet, a, The Munsters. That's like amazing. That. Growing, up at, growing up as kids in the 80s was completely awesome, because we got to catch a lot of reruns of this, like, cool stuff. Feel bad for the kids today watching crappy reruns of stuff. Yeah, well, the kids today are, are too busy with this. They're too busy doing well, just like I am. Except I at least you know the good something. kids to watch. No, but yeah. as a kid, I remember growing up, we were eating carn- carnitas, which is like pulled pork, 
and making mm-hmm. tacos and just like sitting and watching Brady Bunch for like an hour or two. Yeah. And it, like that that's what that was what my Sunday was, you know, and Saturday weekends. Eating yeah. food and watching good T V, yeah. Oh, that was a good old day. I know. I think we were talking about that, uh, you know, the good old days growing up and uh, earlier today. And it was just like things were so much different than when we weren't necessarily adults. Even in my 20s, I used to I remember I used to work this overnight job. I used to get home about nine o'clock in the morning. I used to watch the monkeys and the Partridge family back to back. They used to show them each for an hour. There was a two hour block of both shows. And I used to go go home, make sure I was home by 10 o'clock to watch the monkeys, have my coffee, and then pass out after the Partridge family. <laughs> <laughs> that, see, that, that's awesome. And yeah, then I'd sleep all the, the way. Yeah. I'd sleep all the what? way up until the next morning when I ended up, or until the evening when I used to, and then I'd go out and like get really drunk and then go to work. Yeah. <laughs> like a boss, man. Like a fucking boss. <sighs> I it's amazing. I can't do overnight. Like I tried. No, I I did it for a while, and I just it it takes a toll on your body. There's no catching up ever. Seriously. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I I did it for about two months, and I'm like, yeah, I gotta go. Mm-hmm. I gotta go back to second shift. Like, it's brutal. And I did it in a grocery. I did it in a grocery store too, which is just terrible. All I did was drink okay. coffee, drink coffee, and put uh, put put some groceries away that people didn't fucking buy and pissed a lot because I drank so much coffee. <laughs> coffee does make you pee. And it's funny when your piss starts smelling like coffee. That's how you know you're drinking too much coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. Yeah. We've hit the, Anyways, we've hit the deadline. AE, about this AE uh, biography. Any. Yeah, I'm looking forward to more uh, wrestling biographies coming up from. Uh, yeah. I don't remember who else they have booked other than Booker T. Uh, I think they got a, Ho- a Hogan one, maybe, and then. Uh, oh, was Lord. The Piper one, correct? The Piper My one was. Last told me that there was a Piper one. That was last weekend. Yeah, was it was really weekend. good. Okay. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what he said. I, I got to watch it. So I'll make mm-hmm. it. A- yeah, I don't know who the uh, what is it? Other uh, is the Steve Austin episode. Steve Austin one. Somebody was watching. Uh, a friend hit me up today because he's not necessarily a wrestling fan, but he's kind of into like the pop culture side of wrestling. You know what I mean? Okay. He's not, but I've recommended. But he's also like a huge uh, MMA aficionado. So I always said you might not like American professional wrestling, but you might like Japanese wrestling. So I always recommend certain Japanese wrestling to him. And then he kind of enjoys it. I forgot where I was going with this, but I'm going to back forward. Like, as far as American wrestling goes, he ended up light and not liking the Austin one as much as the Piper. He liked the Piper one, but I was just like the Austin one. I thought really did a really good job of covering his entire career, especially if, Guys like you and I grew up watching him from his earliest days. You know what I mean? And, yeah. You know, like say world class into WCW and stuff. Yeah. I I, I was a fan of Stunning Vlog. Absolutely, uh, I thought he was phenomenal. Man. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, yeah, I was a Stone Cold fan. Yeah. Okay, but mm-hmm. um, I really like Stunning Vlog a lot. Like. More, if that makes sense, I think I was more of a fan <laughs> Stunning Steve. Not, not to say I didn't enjoy Stone Cold. I did anything. like Stone Cold, but he was a different character. And, I mean, obviously he was a different character, but, you know, he had also adjusted his working style because of the broken neck after, you know, well, like, um, what, after about a year of being Stone Cold? Because he was still working that same style until he broke his neck and then that like he had to yeah, adjust yeah. the way he worked like a, like a brawler style yeah but day. you know it's funny it's like because then i went back like not so long ago and watched a bunch of his later period stuff i'm like it's still really fucking good like the stories are really told really well you know what i mean and so it's like the man it, it, uh, it matches up 